I am the doctor, this is my section. Earth is under my protection. Planet of birth is Gallifrey. I've got two hearts, your life is safe. Run into the master raw messy. Come on, Alonzo. Alonzi. I am a time lord. No, I'm not rich. Twelve bodies are men. Now it's time for a switch. Don't look like that. I'm in great health. You were expecting someone else. Regeneration. Oh, such fun. When I say run, run, run. What's up, my boy? Peace and sanity. Sorry, I must dash. Reverse the Polarity. Sometimes I'm north, but always a limey, wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. Jump in the TARDIS, go for a ride, it's bigger on the inside. Exploring all of time and space, oh, what's that? Exterminate. Cyberman or Daleks, maybe? Would you like a jelly baby? Time's ticking, we'd best go, a new adventure, Geronimo! I am fantastic, so are you best come with me, I'm Doctor Who. Next episode. <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode of D4WH. <laughs> I am your host. We were on the way to my planet, actually. I'm Adam O'Sullivan. <laughs> joined as always by my co-host. I take your counsel, oh demon. Oh, thank you. It's Nikia Schutt. Hey, so what's your planet that you're on the way to? Uh, the podcasting planet. Ah, uh, the podcasting yeah. it's planet. A, it's a planet where everyone has a podcast. So, Earth, uh, yeah. am I right, guys? Am yeah, I right? Pretty much Brisbane. Okay. Where were you before Earth? Then? The place where no one had ears. Yes, that's right. Uh, no, there wasn't there a planet where no one had noses or dogs didn't have noses? Doesn't Christopher Eccleston talk about that? Probably. Barcelona? He, well, he, he, yeah, well, he gives the, uh, the air from his lungs. Oh, so. there you go. There you go. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, and please welcome our guest. He has a mind of his own. It's artist and improviser Bren Binmore. Hello. Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's uh, all the planets aligned and then you made me watch the rubbish master. But there you go. I'm I right. like that master. Oh. He was a master for a long time. He Before was. we get into the episode, mm. Bren, do you want to give us your history with Doctor Who? Ah. Crap. I started watching Doctor Who when I was about six. My dad is a massive fan. And we started during the Tom Baker era and then went back to John Pertwee. So I thought it went the wrong way around for a long time. <laughs> and I I was in the Doctor Who club in the early 90s. Here in Brisbane? Yeah, here in Brisbane. It, it sort of expanded to a massive club and then became 20 people in a room at QUT. <laughs> And then I got back into it when Christopher Eccles – I watched the movie mm-hmm. about four or five times, progressively more drunk each time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we watched it very drunk. Yeah, we did. It didn't improve. But anyway. <laughs> oh, if you think of Paul McGann with – it works really well. And then, yeah, I started watching it again when Christopher Eccleston come out and have been patchily watching it since then. Fantastic. So you're a classic Who fan? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I started Classic Who too. Yeah, you brought your you brought your uh, Tom Baker sonic screwdriver yeah. with you, which is uh, excited Nakia. Uh, it did. I remember the first time I showed my sister that she said uh, it's a, a what because it kind of looks like a vibrator. <laughs> you can uh, probably get a vibrator version. Yeah, yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I was going to say uh, you can turn up as a guy with six pack abs, and most women would be like, "Oh my god!" Turn up with a sonic screwdriver, and Nakia's like, "Hello, hello, <laughs> welcome." It's a vibrator. This is my husband Dave and we're very into this. <laughs> 
buzz. <laughs> yes, I will. I, I like that. I liked the original. If it could vibrate a screw to rotate the certain direction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. mean, vibrate and screw are two words you can use for sex, so, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you know that. <laughs> we, we, you know, when I was in high school, yeah. you used to pick up a screw and be yeah. like, do you want a screw? <laughs> I like you. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And, and you'd go, uh, no, what? Yeah, what do you yeah. want? In some workplaces, that joke never gets old. <laughs> Possibly. Screw-making factory, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want a screw? Do you want a screw? Do you want a they screw? Mate, do you want a screw? <laughs> I'm over that joke. We're actually really sex positive here at this, so <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, our episode today is The King's Demons, Series 20, Serial 6, written by Terence Dudley and directed by Tony Vir- Virgo. Originally aired on the BBC Tuesday and Wednesday, March 15th and 16th, 1983. Why are we doing The King's Demons over so many different classic episodes available? Is it to explore more of the fifth Doctor, who we've only done one episode on so far? Is it because it has Tegan, not only an Australian companion, but also from Brisbane? Uh Uh-huh. Is it because it's the first appearance of Chameleon, an android companion, or because it features the Master, or because it was from the year I was born? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret here. I'll pull back the curtain and give you a glimpse into the prep for this podcast. We're recording a few episodes back to back and The King's Demon only has two parts to it, making it one of the shortest classic episodes available. <laughs> That's why I picked it. Oh, God. Well, I the- wish you'd run it past me, okay? <laughs> this is the only Peter Davison episode I remember not seeing. I saw it once. Once. Once, yeah. Now I've seen it twice. It was the talk of the Doctor Who Club because Chameleon freaked the shit out of people. <laughs> yes. Chameleon was such a pointless it was like the he was worse than canine because yeah. he got in the tardis and like never got out again except for once when he yeah. died there's nothing wrong with canine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love canine my favorite but- thing is the first time you see chameleon proper he's sitting in a chair and i was like is every time we're going to see this character, he's going to be sitting in a chair somehow? It's like the Simpsons episode where it's like, look, there's a fjord, and they're like, yeah, there's always a fjord or an estuary or a delta or, you know. It's like, and then he's up against a wall, and it's like, oh, great. So he's either going to be standing up against a wall or sitting in a chair the entire time. I forgot he was there half the time (laughs) until the end when the Doctor destroyed him. Yeah. But... Yeah. Because well, most of the time he, he's like, look, I'm Chameleon, and then transforms back into an actual actor. <laughs> yeah, and they they should have done that. They should have made him a person, yeah. transform him into a person, and he could have actually been part of the TARDIS. Mm. But they just, I don't know, left him upstairs. <laughs> he's like Richie before. Cunningham's brother, Chuck, who just went upstairs yeah. one day and never, never came down back. again. <laughs> I loved the chameleon because it was so creepy. And the animatronic head made me yes. think of Zaphod's second head, second head from the original uh, Hitchhiker's Guide TV series. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess so. The it- way it moved and looked dead at people. Oh, yeah, I was looking at the end there and the eyes were kind of trying to move and the mouth were trying to move. (laughs) Sometimes, like, you look at it and then the mouth would move and you're like, oh, that's right, the mouth moves. I'd forgotten that. I know. The actor who played him should have just stayed as, you know, King John. In Robots of Death, which is a Tom Baker episode. I love that episode. The 
Act, all the robots are people in masks. Mm. Mm. And I think with this, they went, we can get an animatronic. Let's mm. get an animatronic robot. And at the end went, that's a stupid idea. And in the in the robots of death, they're actually creepier. Yeah. Because they've got the masks and they show no mm. emotion. I, I like them. But, no, I just, I remember seeing this and thinking at the time, what a waste of time. And then I thought to myself, well, What's the point? Yeah. Because instead of they thought, oh, God, we haven't got enough script, let's have a song and a sword fight. (laughs) Let's do the song twice. (laughs) Let's show the sword fight twice. Oh, even my husband, he watched the first half, got up and went, oh, that's ridiculous, (laughs) and walked out. I was so happy the episodes were 28 minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. A solid quarter of that is the theme song and recapping the last episode. Yeah. Oh. But you can see in the second episode where they've realised, oh, we've only got two episodes, and they go from la, 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 la to ramping it right up. Yeah, well, that, but that's a, that's the a thing for Doctor Who is, like, with the classic series, they'll have hmm. four episodes and they'll fart about for, like, three episodes and then be like, oh, fuck, we need to wrap this up. And then all of a sudden everything happens in the last episode. And it's a weird ending because it's yeah. not really an ending. They just bugger off. And then, But then I was worried because this- And this, poor old Jeff dies. This goes directly- directly into the five doctors and I was like oh do you have to know anything about it to move and it's like no but it does it literally goes directly into the five doctors it does it does oh and wow because they go to the eye of Orion yeah the only thing that for me is I remembered how much I loved Tegan I love her, her pluck I love the way she <laughs> looked and spoke to him like he yeah. was just a big dickhead I mean it would be nice if they had given the two companions anything to do in this in oh. these two episodes Tegan literally spends a good chunk of the second episode just bashing the control of the TARDIS being like what is it supposed to do and then being like you know what? I'll just take it to where the doctor is. It's like, you've been, how long have you been in the TARDIS for? But they didn't know what to do with her. So they were like, oh, you're in the TARDIS for this bit. And then Turlow spends it being in the dungeon. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what, what he was, what was he lolling, lolly gigging back then? <laughs> where do you want Turlow? Oh, well, that's true. Turlow's bad news. Yeah. But mm. also, he, every time they cut to him, he looks like he does not give a fuck. You cut to him and he's like, whatever. Well, see, Turlo's a baddie. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Black Guardians put him there to, <laughs> okay. to well, it does, they do mention kill the, the Black Guardian or something. briefly. I forget what well, for. That- but is, is he a good guy now or? He becomes a good guy later. Sure. But, yeah, no, he's a baddie and Tegan doesn't like him and doesn't trust him either. So <laughs> I, I don't think the doctor trusts him when he gets on board either. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. He does save uh, Perry from drowning So because Tegan leaves and then Perry comes yeah. and he's there a little bit with Perry. But, yeah, I just, you know, the master, I, I hate this master. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the first episode I've seen with this master in it, so. At least... This is the first time he's actually got a plan that's got some wit in it (laughs) and he's not just shrinking every bastard. (laughs) I particularly like him just because of Sylvester McCoy. Oh, really? In Survival, which is one of my favourite episodes. Ah. um, He's in Survival and I was watching it. As soon as he comes on as the king's right-hand man with the stupid Frank Jackson that sort of all over the shop, I went, where's his cat teeth? Where's his cat eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You thought about – well, that's right. Worst French accent. 
so obviously the master with makeup on. I mean, how dumb is the doctor? So, yeah, so I knew the master was in here. I assumed the master was the king, right? Because I had never seen this guy as the master, right? Until, say, Sir Giles or Sir Gilly or whatever the hell his name is talks and you can tell he's obviously having difficulty talking because there is so much heavy makeup on. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that has to be the master then. You know, I did. I had never seen this guy as the master before, but I instantly knew it was him because I was like, he is having, first of all, the like a, a French accent. They yeah. had to keep telling me he was French yeah. because at some point I thought he was trying to do an Indian accent. Yeah, I couldn't it work it went out. all over the mm-hmm. place compared to, and Tegan's got, oh man, such the 70s Aussie accent, like, mm-hmm. oh, how's it going? Yeah. Oh, I reckon we're all a bit fucked, eh? <laughs> That's what I love about her. <laughs> His accent sounded very much like John Cleese from Knights of uh, uh, the a King Arthur and the Holy Grail. Oh yeah, 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 a bit, a bit like that. I like I know with Tegan they made her be very Aussie, yeah. with the with the voice, but just her the looks she gives him yeah. and the dialogue that. Uh, the way she delivers it, I remembered how much I loved her. She's just so oh, she's matter great. of fact. I, you know, I, yeah, she's she's really good, and it, it's good hearing an Australian accent. Mm. But yeah, like compared to mm. the master's French accent, oh. there are honestly some lines where it sounds like he's just trying to rush to get them out. It's like, how long do I have to wear this makeup? Pepe Lapu. But Tegan was also the only person who was cold. That was my favourite part. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. loved that. I loved it. It's like, oh, yeah, spot the Aussie. I need more blankets. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm from Brisbane. It's warm. Yeah, I was I was doing an a online improv class at 1 o'clock in the morning oh. and everybody in the UK was being like, oh, my God, it's so hot here. So I looked up what the weather was in London mm. and it was 28 degrees Celsius. Oh. And I was like, Jesus, that's spring here. <laughs> Wait till you get a 40-degree summer here in Australia. Oh, well, it is warm for them. Yes, I warm understand. And then I was like, well, it's 14 degrees here so it's fucking freezing yeah that's right i'm cold i woke up in the morning and went oh i'm cold <laughs> said it's still cold. it's still double digits yeah i know it's crazy all right we start as we always do with a short synopsis i think we've talked it out for now. anyone who hasn't watched the episode and look let me play my hands right now don't watch this fucking yeah, episode do not uh hey 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 come close to the don't you don't you fucking dare watch this don't you don't you dare watch this episode. Like don't you watch the last 15 minutes. Watch the last 15 minutes. Don't watch don't any of it. Watch a recap video. It's don't you watch this. See the creepy episode. robot. Read a review. Read a, listen to this episode. We'll tell you all about it, but don't you, don't you dare watch this episode. The fifth doctor and his companions Tegan and Turlow end up in London 1215 where King John of England is hanging out with Sir, Sir Renolf Fitzwilliam and offering to take all his wealth and kill his son. Mm. Except that the doctor knows that King John should be in England, uh, should be in London taking the crusader's oath confirmed by Sir Renolf's cousin who has just returned from London. It turns out that the king's champion is actually the doctor's arch nemesis, the master, and the king is a shape-shifting android known as Chameleon. The master plans to destroy the king's reputation to get rid of the Magna Carta, but in the end, Chameleon will hang out with the Doctor and the TARDIS, at least for one more episode. Oh, what is the point (laughs) of the master's plan? God, the master is a dickhead. (laughs) Yeah. He's supposed to be the Doctor's 
equal in intelligence and planning, I guess, but he never, this master never is. He just shrinks everybody and then when he does have a plan, it's King John. Also, like I had to stop myself from researching because there's so much information on the Magna Carta, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to get some of this wrong. Please let me know if I do. But he, like, he's like, oh, no, King John was totally for the Magna Carta. I looked it up. King John, within months of the Magna Carta being written, mm. he had rejected it and was had started a fight, mm. started a war with his own barons because he didn't like it. No, he didn't like it because it took away his power yeah. and he had to go through parliament. It basically restricted the amount of money that he could take from his barons because he was basically just, it basically gave them a right to due process for justice because yep. what he was doing was being like, well, if you want me to find this guy not guilty, you need to pay me a shitload of money. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't for the Magna Carta like the doctor suggests in this episode. And I don't think he was such a good guy because the, what little I've read of him, particularly, well, he wasn't very nice to women, but he lost Normandy, he mm. lost a lot of their French lands. He wasn't, you know, he's a bit of a dick. He was the King John that Prince John was based off from Robin Hood, wasn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, both him and King Richard were meant to be... Uh, not the nicest people, which was not the word I was about to use. <laughs> and King Richard was more your Christian-based, heavy heavy into the Crusaders-style prick. And Prince John or King John was more of your unscrupulous, I don't want to say Machiavellian because I think that gives him more credit than he deserves. He certainly wasn't very nice to his wife or other women. Um, but I think we can kind of, you know, take that as granted, basically. Well, true, that was the you time, know, wasn't you know. it? Yeah, for the area. <laughs> But uh, King Richard, Richard the Lionhearted, who is who is really celebrated, I think he spent, I don't know, I think it was like four months of his whole entire life in England. Yeah, the rest was in. Yeah, the Crusades and stuff. They do say, and I don't, I don't know, but they say that he preferred the, the company of his men to certainly he didn't ever mm. see his wife. So I'd say he was a warrior. And I would not it. doubt that. Mm. Well, yeah, he died still fighting. He started. He started this war with his barons because he didn't like the Magna Carta. Oh, John, yeah, yeah, John. Sorry, yeah, and and basically died while still fighting his barons. Yep. Yeah. No, I I disagree that he was not a bad guy and he was uh, <laughs> woohoo about the Magna. But Carta. it's this thing about Doctor Who where it's like, oh, the Doctor's got inside information, but this time it doesn't really pan yeah. out. Where he's like, no, he was totally for the Magna Carta. He could have crushed the barons if he if he wanted to. Uh he was trying. Mm. He was. Absolutely trying. I think he was broke. Did he? He was broke by the end. I yeah. think. Yeah. No, a lot of them were broke by the end. Well, King Richard was sucking money out of England for the Crusades. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and that's why he had to sign the Magna Carta because he had no fucking money. Mm-hmm. And if the barons didn't give him any money, he had no money to go with. You know. Mm-hmm. I know. I did write down the king is a dick. Yes, yeah. I'm glad now. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't help that the doctor's like, oh, actually, King John's pretty good, and then they show him as a dick, and it's like. Really? Yeah. They're going to ruin his reputation. I think the actual King John ruined his reputation because everyone fucking hated him back then. They they did. I mean, I would have to say not a lot of the kings were probably very nice people. No. John probably was all right compared to everybody <laughs> else. I don't know. There were a lot of dicks that yeah. were yeah. kings. There's, there's no salt of the earth kings back in this time. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they didn't cut his head off, so, you know, better than Charles I. <laughs> There's probably one Henry that was all right. Hen- well, not Henry II. Hey, well, uh, we'll let you guess which one. Uh, 
Sir Renolf Fitzwilliam hosts King John of England at his castle and holds a feast with two massive dogs hanging about and a little person in a bright yellow costume. Yeah, that must have been. They must have been jesters in yeah. the in the um, in the courts in those days. And I was thinking, well, that that would be how you would get work, I suppose. They they were. Um, it was it was fairly common to hire them as acrobats and entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And for some people, it was a proud profession, and for other people, it was seen as a why am I this? Oh, great yeah cool. <laughs> yeah yeah we never get to see his face and he sure as hell does not get a line that's for sure no he does will, not get you will a line. perform in front of peter davidson and you will shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> or he'll try and st- he, he'll think you're a cow <laughs> but oh, then there was dear. also those two massive dogs which are never seen ever again no what did they eat them because he'd given everything to john so but it was so obvious they were tied down because one of them stands up and looks like it's going to walk off and it's like no you can't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have another note that said, of course, there's loot. Yes. As soon as the oh. guy picks up the loot. Yeah. It's like it's like going to any party here in, in Australia where it's like at some point in the night someone's going to be like, well, let me get my guitar out. Ah! I'm going to play Wonderwall. Oh, yeah. And then and then they look at you and you go, oh, what do I look at while someone's singing <laughs> and playing? You know, you never know where to look because you don't want to look at them because that, that's just. Because I'm the one playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want you to think I'm impressed. So <laughs> I don't know where to look. <laughs> don't worry, Nakia. I never think you're impressed with me. <laughs> We found it's really easy to get them to stop if you start singing along and you can't sing. Oh, that's a good idea. I said maybe. I was going to say in Australia, to where any party you're at, at some point somebody will go, let's play ACDC. Akadaka. Anywho. Uh, the king stops the loot festivities to ask Sir Fitzwilliam for more money to support the Crusades, but the Lord complains he has given all of his wealth already. The Lord's son, Hugh Fitzwilliam, takes on the king's champion Sir Gilles, Sir Gilles Estrum <laughs> to, uh, I thought it was Giles, but Gilles. everyone keeps saying Sir Gilles, and I was like, is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Sir Gilles. I think that's the only way the master could say it out of the You say it, and then we'll all say it how you say it. <laughs> okay. To defend his family's honour. What a sulky, spoiled, whiny <laughs> yeah. ass is that I love, son. I love when the son gets pissed off that he didn't get his throat cut. Yeah, that's right. Kill me. No. <laughs> well, I'm never speaking to you again. Well, I'm going to raise my sword to everybody in the castle. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I was waiting for the son just to stab himself at one point. <laughs> For honour! Stab, 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 stab. You dickhead. <laughs> Sod you, Dad. <laughs> As the two are jousting the next day, the TARDIS materialises and the fifth Doctor exits with his companions, Tegan and Turlow. They don't even try to blend in. <laughs> I mean, yes, they have just stepped out of a blue box that just appeared, <laughs> but you could pop on something, couldn't you? I did like how the king was the only one who just went, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what made me think, oh, he must be the master. Mm, my demons. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's taking it into his stride, isn't he? Reynolds acting in this part was particularly good when the king went, oh, my demons. And Reynolds like, wait, what? Yeah. He just, <laughs> Hang on. And he, he had a lot of uh, the Lord, yeah. Fitz, Fitzwilliam, he, he'd had a lot of, before it was his line, there were a lot of pauses that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> like he was going to go, 
line. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just to pad out the episode. They were like, can you put a massive pause in between every single one of your lines? <laughs> oh, can I sing? No, yeah. only the king sings. Also, they're on the crusades, you know, mm. and, the, and he's like, oh, sure, let the demons come and join us. Are you Are you sure? It's, 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 yeah. it's at this period of time where they're more likely to let demons join them than they are to let Muslims join yeah. them, you know, like... <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't kill them, but anyway. <laughs> Demons are fine. Yeah. I love the way he says, are you going to you going to call for help from hell or are you yeah. going to call to hell? And Turlay goes, well, I'd be as effective as if you call for hell. <laughs> Just love that line. He should have ended it with, you dickhead. <laughs> well, considering so considering we know that Sir Gilles is the master, mm. do you think he's gone in his head, oh, shit, the fucking doctor's here. God damn it. No. no. No, he apparently he said you came at just the right time. Remember he says that to but him. But why? Oh, I don't know, because the master's a dickhead. He just makes it up as he goes I, along. I don't think the master has ever not been a dickhead until modern <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> That's true. Like really early on when you see the master, it's like, do you have a plan? Yeah. No, no. I, I want to take over Gallifrey. Okay, that's it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, well, I want to be the emperor of chaos. Well, have you thought this through? I mean, it is a pretty sweet title. Have yeah. you seen the Gallifreyan Council? Yeah. You're not going to change it much. That's right. And you're going to have to wear a very high collar and a funny hat. See that guy there, the Valyard? He's a bigger dick than you. <laughs> and he was only in a couple of episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, Tegan says that King John was the one who lost his clothing in the wash. What she means is that... Uh, is the account that King George, King, fucking, I keep calling him King George. What she means is that, is the account that King John, whilst travelling to crush rebels, lost some of his baggage in the wash, an estuary in East Anglia. Oh, That's what he? it's called. Mm. Uh, reports vary, saying that he lost a few horses, through to reports that he lost the crown jewels. Probably. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised because he would have pawned them. Yeah, well, no, some of his horses got washed away. Wow, that's quite that's quite a uh, estuary that <laughs> yeah. uh, took him uh, took him up, isn't it? I uh, do like the idea that he's pawned the crown jewels and just gone, oh, they, they washed away. <laughs> they they yeah, floated down the river. I don't know where yeah. they are. It's solid gold. Yeah, I saw it float. It's amazing. <laughs> I like the idea that he took them on porn stars and the guy was like, I'll give him 50 bucks for them. And he's like, hey, uh, they're the crown jewels, mate. They're the crown jewels. He's like, ah, no, nah, I don't think so, 50 bucks. Uh, 50 bucks. All right, I'll give you 60. What? 60 bucks? I've got to drop some barons with this. Uh, during his trip to fight rebels, he would contra- uh, he was con- contract dysentery from which he would eventually die. Mm. What a way to die. Yes. Did he see the one? No, there was another one who died on the toilet. No. From eating. Elvis. Uh, yeah, Elvis. You mean no, King no, Elvis? No, no, a king. The one king? of the kings. It a wasn't king. Henry VIII, was it? No. Might have been Henry the. Fifth, I have to think about Let's it. Let's all name Henry's. Was it Henry the Sixteenth? There's so many Henrys. When Sir Gilles is about to kill Hugh, the doctor asks for leniency, and the king approves. Yeah, wait, why? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Why would Chameleon? Because we know it's the robot being controlled by the master. Oh, who knows? Who I knows? know. And then he oh. just goes, "It's no urgency." Oh, excuse me, Your Majesty. Just, <laughs> just a sec. You got a sec? I think that's why later on he does say, "I occasionally have my own agency." Ah. Ah. Mm, maybe. Oh, well. Sir Renolf thanks the doctor for sparing his son and offers him lodgings in the castle. But seriously, the family's been dishonoured, so why would you want anything from them? Yeah, well, and he's got everything, hasn't he? Yes. What, what else does he want? Well, they have lodgings and stuff. Anyway, oh. They are led to lodgings, but Turlo is distracted by a window. 
Who knows what he sees? Uh, I thought it was the Black Guardian was going to turn up. That's <laughs> okay, what I right. thought. Going, have you killed the doctor yet? Hey, hey, I'm hey, a whiny you ass. come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Have you killed the doctor yet? I'm busy. I thought he'd just seen his reflection. <laughs> oh my god, my hair's red. What happened? Oh, uh, and then I looked up the black the black guardian, mm-hmm. like thinking, oh, it's some mystical creature, and it's literally just an old white guy in a black costume. And it's like, well, of course it was. The it black was the guardian BBC. is fantastic. <laughs> it's an evil time lord. There's sure. the white guardian and the black guardian. Are they time lords? I thought they were. Oh, maybe not. Maybe they're thought, Eternals. Yeah, I thought there was something completely different. Mm. Anyway, they give the Time Lords occasionally, they give them jobs. They give the Doctor jobs. Yeah. Can you uh, can you go down to the shops and get me some tomatoes? <laughs> That's <laughs> almost what the episodes sometimes feel like. Uh, is it this? Is If I don't, is this going to destroy time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm making a sauce tonight and I really need some tomatoes. Yeah, and I want them off the vine, baby. I need you to dust all the time particles yeah. <laughs> off my mantelpiece. <laughs> or time will um, um, collapse, collapse. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. I've got a special task for you. You need to pad out this episode. <laughs> well, that was the Time Guardian uh, were the... Key to time ones mm. with the the doctor and the first Romana. There was so that was a whole season, and then and then at the end of the season, he's like, "Oh, actually, it was in my pocket the whole time. Sorry, guys, mm. sorry." I believe at the end he was, "Oh, I'm the Black Guardian. Oh no, we're gonna find the White Guardian." <laughs> oh, Trying to remember it all now. I I don't recall the end. I remember switching off by that point. <laughs> yeah. Did get a bit like that. Tegan complains of being cold, so the doctor wraps her up in animal hides, and that's basically all she does this episode. Yeah, look cold. Yeah. Just quickly, was it me or did anyone else notice Rodolf seemed to have a lisp? Oh, I didn't notice that. No, I was, I didn't notice. I was just mesmerised trying to figure out if his beard was real or not. Oh, so not. So not real. Oh. I thought it was, but that's because I've seen a lot of dodgy beards. Yeah, on yeah. I, I was leaning towards it probably Oh, was. really? Yeah. Oh, it looked a little too neat for me. But anyway... <laughs> What would I know? The doctor realises something is wrong. It's March 4th and King John should be in London taking the Crusader's oath. King John eventually signs the Magna Carta, the foundation of parliamentary democracy. Mm. Uh, Sir Gilles, who is supposed to be a French knight with a dominant English accent that floats all over the place and who has difficulty speaking because of the obvious prosthetic. (laughs) Who still looks like the fucking master. Yeah. (laughs) I understand why the actor had to have a different accent so that we wouldn't know it was the master, but why didn't the master just go with his normal accent? Because nobody else in 1215 knows who he is. No, that's right. Why does he have to be French? Maybe they had him on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was waiting for the doctor to come. Yeah, why couldn't he just be English, an English knight? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. I think this episode could have been greatly improved by Drax showing up. Do you mean Drax Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy? No, no, Drax Drax is another Time Lord that very rarely gets mentioned, and he went to the university with the Doctor and the Master. And Drax is a full-on fantastic shit. He just steals things. (laughs) (laughs) Or even the meddling monk. Yeah. Just, I mean, he would have been a better nemesis than the master because mm. this is such a small, tiny, you know, thing for the master to be doing. What's, yeah. 
what's it going to do? I, it's a yeah. small part of history. It probably would just happen anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because within months, it's it, the Magna Carta is thrown out and mm. then it's brought back and then it's thrown out, it's brought back. Like, it would have happened eventually, basically. I think it's based on the, the them being able to go, you don't understand what the master's con- overall goal is. It's like, yeah, because you don't have one. <laughs> no, because the master does not understand what his overall goal is. I think we're just supposed to care because it's like, oh, that's a thing I've heard of. We wouldn't want that to suddenly disappear for some reason. Occasionally when I'm running games, and I hope none of my players listen to this, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen an hour into the game. Oh, really? So I will throw things at the beginning of the game, and then later on something will pop up. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. That totally how that works. Aha. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's how the master runs his schemes. Yeah. <laughs> But you're not running a sci-fi TV show that runs every single week, a scripted TV show. Yeah. If I was, it wouldn't be scripted. <laughs> he takes Lady Fitzwilliam to the dungeon to ensure that Sir Renolf doesn't turn against the king. Why? Who knows? Who fucking knows? They're in his house right now. I know. I know. I mean, you come, you stay at my house. You take Dave hostage and I go, well, Adam, you know, and you go, give me all your money. I'm like, fucking fuck off. You may be the podcast god, but you can get out of here. Is this where you become Kaiser Soze? You just take Dave out yourself. (laughs) I'll kill him for God's sake. But how many of the king's men are there? Because it seems like it's mostly Sir Renolf's men. Yeah. And it's the king and friggin' the master. I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think is that he he takes the Lady Isabel down there so that he can release her later and look like a goodie. <laughs> yes. I- Everyone gets captured at some point oh, in this episode. Oh, gosh. Uh, in the dungeon, Hugh is trying to get information out of Turlow. So Gilles captures him and locks Hugh, Turlow, and Lady Fitzwilliam in the dungeon. He also goes to collect the TARDIS, which he brings to the castle. Sir Renolf visits the Doctor, asking him why the king so- seems so different. And yet every time the Doctor tries to tell him that the king is an imposter, Renolf tells him that he cannot be. Uh, I know, you know. He's Why a- is he such a different person? He's an imposter. No, no, no. no. That wouldn't be it. That wouldn't be it. Maybe <laughs> devils, demons. I always took that to be Renolf going, no, I wouldn't let an imposter into my house. You can't say I've let an imposter into it's my like, house. It's like in this period of time where we don't have accurate pictures of people, how could I ever forget what a person looked like? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because it's the doctor, because as soon as the master goes, oh, I'm here to help and you should do it, they all go, yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. Hey, isn't that what the doctor was saying? Shut up, he's evil. Okay. (laughs) But then at one point someone goes, oh, it's it's Sir Gilles. Like they know it was him. And but it's like, oh, anyway. There are so many points in this particular episode where you could have just stabbed the master. There's so many points where the master could have stabbed the doctor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can't stab the doctor. He's got plot armor on. <laughs> yes. Hey, at least Tegan throws a knife at him, which he catches. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very. Which he captures, offers to the doctor, and then drops. Yeah. And, then, and he goes, "You won't kill me." Yeah. I. You know, sometimes you want to slap the doctor. Just kill him. Kill him and put him out of his misery. I don't remember any episode where the Doctor went, you know what, I never kill anyone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, William Hartnell would whack people in the head with shovels. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) And the uh, third Doctor did- uh, Oh, Venusian martial arts. Yeah, that's Mm. right. He would knock people out. Sir Geoffrey de Lacey returns to the castle. He is the cousin to Sir Renolf and has been with the king up until that morning, taking the Crusader's oath. Sir Gilles has him around. Arrested. The Doctor and Tegan join the King for dinner. Turlow is a male companion, so the Doctor doesn't care what happens to him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Tegan's 
scary. She doesn't even like Turlough. And she's like, you know, what about Turlough? Oh, he'll be all right. I know, I know in some episodes with Sarah Jane, like he initially starts off being like, oh, she'll be fine. Yeah. But eventually he's like, no, oh, actually, she's been gone for quite a while. In this episode, he's like, well, fuck Turlough. I don't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> you know, you know, I've never trusted him anyway. The entertainment is a little person just being a little person, basically, which was yeah. fine for the 13th century and the 80s, respectively. Yeah, that's right. The king calls for a lute and strums out a sick riff with a song about crushing his opponents. <laughs> it's like... With Jesus. Yeah, chameleon's just like, all right, now's time for me to take over this and notch it up to 11. I did like Rodolphe's face in this scene where he's like, why is the king taking a lute? Yeah. Hey, it was all of our faces in this scene. I was waiting for someone to go, hey, the king doesn't play the lute. But oh, no, <laughs> no, we didn't no, want to say No, it had no that. point. No someone point. just wanted to write a song and <laughs> chuck it in there. And then afterwards someone should have been like, play Freebird. Yeah. <laughs> play some ACDC, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so there's no point to this song. Uh, all right, so they needed to fill some space. Okay, that's over. Oh, no, now we're going to have a sword fight. You could have Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap on the loot. That would have fit. <laughs> like uh, like Thunderstruck on the uh, the cellos. Have you seen that video? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Don't, my favourite one is Thunderstruck on a banjo. Oh, cool. Oh, my goodness. Uh, For further entertainment, the Iron Maiden is brought out to be used on Sir Geoffrey. The Doctor once again calls for leniency but ends up in a sword fight with Sir Gilles. At one point, Sir Gilles lunges for the Doctor and almost hits the King. Yes, I saw that. (laughs) Uh, Also, the Doctor seems to fall a lot in the uh, sword fighting. I I kept thinking, if he wins, it'll just be luck. Really? (laughs) I mean, it looks like the Master's better with the sword. Yeah. Than the doctor, and is. I love the wooden sound that the swords make when they clack against each mm, other. That right. is amazing. She's uh, this couple of rulers hitting whack, each other. Whack, whack, whack. If you know any reenactors, that is one of the most painful sword fights I've ever watched. Oh. Well, it certainly wasn't as good as the uh, one in The Princess Bride. Well, they're very proud of the fact that they had no stunt actors. It was it was literally Peter Davison and Anthony Ainley. Anthony Ainsley. Anthony Ainley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Ainsley. Doing that actual sword fight. They were very proud of that fact. And it's like, uh, yeah, anyone could do that fucking sword fight. Oh. I could do that sword fight. But they did go up the stairs and down the stairs. And down the what stairs. What was the point of that little tiny piece of stairs? It didn't lead anywhere. It was just there for, you know what, we could have a sword fight sometime and we'll be able to see them go up a few yeah. stairs and down. We need to pad out. It's like they had everything. They like probably filmed like a 10-minute sword fight and they were like, we'll just add more sword fight if we don't have enough in this episode. I, I was fully expecting to go, like, through the castle into the dungeons. <laughs> yes. And then when they come out the other side, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's set designer. We got bored. Through the fields and they go through the town and they come back up and they're like, oh, but fuck, it, you're still fighting? That's like a, a bridge. Four steps up, four yeah. steps down. Why, why do you have a bridge in the middle of the throne room? What is the point? It did look like me playing The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> because afterwards we put the doctor in the pool and he drowns to death. Yeah. Or you remove all the doors yeah. so he can't get out. <sighs> the doctor wins the fight and Sir Gilles reveals himself as the master as the first episode ends. Yes, and he's still got that stupid beard. It's like, uh, no shit. And the doctor's like, oh, you may disguise your face. 
Not very well, but you may disguise your face. <laughs> but not your intent. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Tegan throws a knife at the master, which he catches. The doctor takes his tissue compression eliminator, but refuses to kill him. Yeah, but why doesn't he smash the tissue? Is that what that was? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or a torch. Well, we I hadn't, wasn't Tegan. sure. Uh, why? Yeah, no, but I assumed, uh, first of all, I thought, why is he holding a pepper grinder? <laughs> What is that supposed to do? <laughs> in your eyes, matey. Yeah. In case you don't know what it is, because it never gets used in this episode, mm. we cross to Tegan who goes, tissue pre- compression eliminator. And I was like, great. That's our explanation, is it? Well, she should not. She should know because he shrunk her aunt and killed <laughs> okay, her. Okay, right. Okay. Well, we don't get any of that. She's we just literally like- get her telling us what it is. She's not keen on the master. Now, now that you've said it, I'm like, Oh, yeah, he did have that before in that episode. Yeah, Legopolis, yeah. yeah. The king calls for the master to be put in the Iron Maiden. The doctor protests, but when given a choice between Sir Geoffrey and the master, he lets his oldest friend and fellow Time Lord be thrown into what he believes is a torture device. Whereas he should have thrown Geoffrey in because he was going to die anyway, yeah. you know. What's well, the point? He's not a fixed point in time. So. No, obviously uh, not. However, it turns out that the Iron Maiden is actually the Master's TARDIS. I mm. think that's one of the few bits of the episode where it shows the Master did actually have some planning. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew the Doctor would pick the human over the Time Lord, yeah. especially a Time Lord like the Master. At mm. least this time he has a face. Yeah, and, of course, he was controlling everything that King John said, so he knew yeah. then that he'd be get, thro- get thrown in his TARDIS. All right, the Master did one thing a little clever. That's it. Although considering how easy it is for anyone to open that Iron Maiden, multiple people have opened it at this point. Yeah. I'm surprised no one has discovered the massive interior of the spaceship inside. Well, they nearly threw Turlow in. Yeah. Yeah. And Turlow would have been in there. Yeah, whiny ass nearly threw him in. So, you know. All right. So talking about the Master's plan. So the Master's plan was to bring up the Iron Maiden in the hopes that the Doctor would step in and save Sir Geoffrey and then lose the sword fight to him, Mm. which he makes go on forever. Remember, Mm. he wants to lose this sword fight, (laughs) apparently, is part of his plan, and hope that the Doctor didn't either switch him for Sir Geoffrey or find a way to save both of them so that he could be put into the Iron Maiden. Yep. Well, it's look, It's he's playing the long game. There's a lot of steps that have to, it's like one of those plans where it's like, if one thing had gone wrong, your whole plan was fucked, mate. But that's the master. He just does not think. But that's the script. Yeah. He knows everything's going to go well because it's in the script. Mm-hmm. This plan clearly did not have a whiteboard involved. No. Yeah. But you know that he, oh, don't worry about that. A convoluted plan is better than none. It's an internet plan where it's like Iron Maiden, step two, question mark, question mark, question mark, step three, profit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or when somebody says to you, I've got this great idea for a story and they all meet on the planet, you know, Belzebub, and then something happens and then they all go home and Mm. you go, Right. (laughs) But if even one of those people had decided to not go home, your whole plan would have been fucked. That's the master. He just sits there and he goes, I'll get rid of the Magna Carta. I'll put on some prosthetics, turn up, and then I'll win. Yay! The actual king is still around. He didn't go and kidnap the actual king first. I know. Kidnap the actual king and then be like, I'm going to go traveling. I've already told you the master's a dickhead. There's a whole bunch of episodes where the master's plan does just seem to be, I'm here. What am I doing now? Yeah. <laughs> what 
what can I fuck up here? What eh? mischief oh, can oh. I have? He's just knocking over vases. He's like, there, is that is that good enough? Is, have I have I screwed up enough in this timeline? The episode I mentioned before, the survival, mm. his entire plan seems to basically be, I want to fuck with the earth because the doctor loves the earth. Yeah. It's got nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with any great plan. It's nothing to be the emperor of chaos. Or take over the universe. It's just na na ni na na. If you like this, I'm going to pull the arms off it. <laughs> also, can't he just call himself the Emperor of Chaos? Like, does nah. he have to take it from somebody else? Or yeah, I don't know. Well, you could, but if nobody's worshiping you, although it's chaotic, you know. I don't, anyway, uh, all he has to do is come to come to Earth and start like a self help group, and then he could be the Emperor, whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just. Start start yourself a, uh, a cult. Maybe he just wanted something on the resume. Destroyed the Magna Carta, blew up the planet. <laughs> well, he says it's the start of his major plan to take down massive civilizations. And it's like, mate, you couldn't even take down the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to do any other civ- – like the, literally one person comes up against him and he's like, oh, we'll have a battle of wits. Oh, I lost. Oh, well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't even kidnap the king. No, the king's still running yeah. around. I cannot stress this enough. The king is literally still running around talking to people. He has a TARDIS. It's not like it would take him forever to go kidnap the king. He could do it in a second. Oh, gosh. I do really want the doctor, I don't care which incarnation, to at some point go, let's Bill and Ted this shit. Yeah, I, it's so well, we're going to take over the Prime Minister. Well, let's put our Scott Morrison in. What about the one that's there? <laughs> I don't worry, nobody will notice. But you, you know why he didn't go and kidnap the king? Because then they would have had to return the king. Yeah. And all they wanted to do was literally just have the episode wrap up with the doctor being like, all right, see you, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. He bring- fucking exit stays left out of that <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I know. It's the worst ending. Nothing's wrapped up. The master's, I don't know, he's had a tissue compressor com- compressor set to his TARDIS, mm. which I don't know. What which apparently will send him to some random location. I thought he was going to say it was going to miniaturise him or something. But I don't know. He's going to see him in the next, in the five doctors, which is next. Oh, gosh. I just assumed that the um, the tissue compressor was just going to disrupt the coordinate thing of the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I wish he'd just shrink himself. Well, Katigan goes, are you going to leave the master there to do his plan? And he's like, nah, it'll be fine. He'll go to his TARDIS. What if he doesn't? Yeah. What if he's just like, okay, well, let's burn shit down then. I'll go kill the actual friggin'. Oh. I, I know. I know. I, I, I've known this guy for generations. He's just going to go and pout yes. now. The king makes the doctor the new king's champion, even though he has always spoken up against violence at every turn and questioned all of the king's decisions. Yeah, and then that does, that gets him nowhere and lasts, it doesn't even last. Also, considering we know that the master is controlling Chameleon, who is the king, wouldn't you think he would, because he gives him an order, don't let Sir Geoffrey leave, wouldn't you give him the order, oh, by the way, can you not put the doctor in a place of power so he can do whatever the fuck he wants? Oh, I know, and then why does the doctor say, I'm going to arrest Sir Geoffrey? Why doesn't he? Oh, that was the, that was the most obvious thing in the world oh. where he's like, you will lead me to the uh, dungeon, wink, wink. wink, wink no, nudge, no, nudge. it's all right. We'll go together, wink, wink. And then Tegan goes, well, I haven't got any lines, so I'll just follow <laughs> along. Just follow. I'm chilly. <laughs> there are episodes that do need the fourth wall to be broken, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sir Jeffrey, who seconds ago was in chains, tries to leave. Hmm. Uh, 
No one's let him free except for his cousin. Uh, however, with a word from the master, the king orders him, orders him to be captured again. Oh. The doctor offers to take Sir Geoffrey down to the dungeon. Just him and Tegan. No help, please. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, the master lands in the dungeon and introduces himself to Hugh and Lady Fitzwilliam, telling them that the doctor plans to harm the king. A strange man inside a jail cell. The master speaks to the jailer who lets them out without confirming with anyone. I- <laughs> But, I mean, the doctor turns up and says, I'm here to help people. Oh, I'm a bit suspicious. The guy with I'm the sorry. worst beard in the world turns yeah. up. I'm go, sorry. Yeah. You came from outside of the cell. This guy was inside the yeah. cell. So I'm going to believe him. Oh, God. I, I did actually write down, I'm going to tell you my plan by making it seem like the doctor is a bad guy. What a cunning ploy. Yes. <laughs> but it, it's literally like it. Like, I understand that he's woven that into it now that the doctor's here, but it's like that was never part of your plan before. No, and the other thing is how these people are so easily led. You know, someone doesn't doesn't say, well, you know, actually he has, he's not such a bad guy or not. No, oh, yes, he's evil, that's it, we're out. <laughs> uh, the Doctor releases Sir Geoffrey and Turlow and sticks the tissue compressor eliminator in the Master's TARDIS. They head to the Doctor's TARDIS but find it has been taken to the castle. So Geoffrey heads to, heads to London on horseback to warn the King but is shot dead by the Master using men he has been provided by Sir Anolf in gratitude for freeing his family. But he's the cousin of the Lord yep. who he would not want him killed and yet the guy leaves out... <sighs> the window and well, kills him. he's going to warn the king in London. I know, but why does the henchman do it? Because they are the most loyal servants in <laughs> yeah. existence. Okay. Who's my boss now? That guy? Okay. <laughs> well, Job done. It's yeah, been that- quite 24 hours. And that doesn't make sense because later on, Sir Renolf is like, oh, the doctor has killed my cousin. Surely that guy would have been like, mm, actually... That was me. Mm. This guy asked me to do it. Yeah. No, no, no. He's, think, he's thinking, God, I'll get sacked. He's like, oh, fuck, anything. I'm going to get killed over this. You, the only guy with a crossbow. Did you shoot my cousin? <laughs> yes. No. Uh, no. Check his, check his hands for crossbow residue. <laughs> it's an early CSI. <laughs> he's smiling. Yeah, no, he always smiles after a kill. <laughs> Actually, medieval CSI is a great name, is a great uh, thing for a, a sketch. Don't take it, okay? Please don't take that All idea. Right. The master leads the search for the doctor, telling Hugh that he also needs the doctor's blue box. Even though the master already knows where the TARDIS is, he put it with the king. He brought it from outside. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, the men bring the TARDIS to the main room, thus allowing Tegan to get in it and fly off. Great work, guys. Great work. The the destruction also allows the king to escape. I mean, the doctor to escape. So great work on all accounts, guys. Nice one. She goes, I need a distraction. Ah, Turn that TARDIS There might be other demons. Goodbye. (laughs) Also, also in the modern series, it's always locked. In this series, it's always fucking open. Yep, yep. I don't know why he has a key because it's always open. There's often times in the old series, in the classic, where they walk off and you go, I think the door's still open. Is, yeah. is anyone going to close <laughs> yeah. it they at just any leave point? It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave it open. And they walk in and out. Mm. Repeatedly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, on Gallifrey, you know, it's a much safer society. People mm. can leave their doors and windows unlocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Obviously. The doctor finds the king's chambers because he hears him singing again. Well, that is one rockin' tune he's got, and it's a bit of an earworm for him, I think. Uh, the king uh, finds the king's chambers and discovers he's actually a chameleon, an android that the master controls who can take the form of anyone, including the doctor and the master. He's a very beautiful Android, mm. isn't he? The way he's he's put together. I, I do. I mean, I will give them something for that. It's a beautiful, 
you know, like the clockwork men in mm. the early series. I just think he's quite a, a beautiful way he's put together with the little lights and the little bit above the head. Mm. It's very skillful. I, I do yeah. like that. He's except, useless. Except that he's about a foot taller than everybody else. Yes. He's like he's like twice the size of Tegan. So when he transforms from Tegan into <laughs> Chameleon, it's like from down down near the floor to like, oh, yeah. it's up near the roof. Okay. I, I think, was he on his knees for that one? For the time period, the animatronics were very good. Yeah. But he was still really creepy. Yeah, I see. I didn't find him creepy except when he started to try and move his eyes and mouth. (laughs) But from a from you know standing back and looking from a distance, beautifully put together. I've got to say. It was it was it was good sci-fi, but I did feel at some point he was going to start up a nightmare version of "It's a Small World <laughs> After All." I just I just like the idea that Nick is like over there. You're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Stay yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Get a little closer. You're creeping me out with those eyes. But I think the guy or the people who built Chameleon must have at the end gone. Bloody hell, that's good. We are great. But that's that's what you said when we started this podcast. You're yeah. like, over there, you look fine. Yeah, but if yeah. you come any closer, any I will closer, call the fucking police. It's not working. The master is taking Chameleon for a test spin on Earth before using him to take down some of the key civilizations of the universe and put himself in charge. The mm. doctor and the master engage in a battle of will for control of Chameleon. Yeah. Tegan has spent a few scenes just bashing the controls of the TARDIS, but finally decides to take it where the doctor is. The, with the battle of wills, one that yeah. entirely reminded me of Mom, the master's taking the robot. <laughs> well, it reminded me of Mamma Mia. <laughs> Here I go again. It was like face, 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 It was very 80s. It was very 80s. But the reason that Tegan couldn't go anywhere was there was an alarm going off. That's when she banged it, the alarm stopped. Oh, okay. And then she landed. I just thought, oh, just another random scene in the No, TARDIS. no, no, it was an alarm went off. That that was another, you need to have a bit more padding. So they <laughs> said, have an alarm go off that's random. The master orders the Doctor to be killed so he can will, win, but the arrival of the TARDIS throws things off and the Doctor wins the Battle of Wits. Chameleon takes on the form of Tegan and the Hooby gang jump in the TARDIS and head off. The master heads to his TARDIS unaware that the tissue compressor set by the doctor will cause him to jump to a random location, a.k.a. the next episode. <laughs> exactly where they need him for the next episode. Who cares? Where he, doesn't matter where he goes. He'll, he'll, he, just as Bren said, he'll get out and he'll go, and I'll knock that vase over and I'm going to see how that goes. Chameleon asks to come with the doctor and Tegan seems to be the only one uneasy about having the master's minion on board. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tegan's like the voice of reason. Uh, Turlo's a bit dodgy. No, no, let him on. Chameleon worked for the master. No, no, let him. Righto, okay. She expresses one little bit of concern and the doctor's like, oh, a woman complaining? Well, we're going to fucking drop you off then, aren't we? <laughs> well, she does does spend a lot of episodes leading up, leading up to that saying she wants to go home. My last note was lesson for the day the doctor is a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's like, do you want to go home? She's like, no, I want to see the... I have a rhyme, please. Yeah, he goes, that's where I set the coordinates to. (laughs) (laughs) The Doctor and Turlo berate Tegan by telling her the chameleon can have her room. She changes her mind, instead wanting to continue to visit the universe, but it turns out the Doctor already knew that she wouldn't leave as they head into the Eye of Orion. Mm -hmm. That is the King's Demons. 
Good God. I think your summary of it was much more flowing than the episode. <laughs> well, yeah, I cut a lot of that out. Were, oh, I was not looking forward to watching this a second time to write the synopsis because, oh. oh, my God. And it's like it is so – 25 minutes each. That's about 50 minutes. It's about the length of a normal episode yeah. these days. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Oh, I know. Fit? And this is why I wanted to pick the shortest classic episode because watching four episodes when they're bad is just excruciating. It is, but you should have asked me. I could have told you some good ones at no, least. No, I just went with the shortest one. We'll just oh, do that. Because when I looked at it and went, I don't think I even remember this. <laughs> yes. And then when it started, I went, oh, God, yes, I do. I was really happy because I hadn't seen it and I'd always <laughs> wanted to see what Chameleon looked like. Because oh, I remember we watched The Caves of Androzani. Yeah. And at the end when- He's, yeah, floating, yeah, yeah. And you said, oh, there's some random robot. And I went, oh, that's Chameleon. He was in the TARDIS, but he never came downstairs. <laughs> he was in a whole two episodes. <laughs> Well, yeah. he was in the TARDIS for a lot more. <laughs> well, I've screwed future Adam because now there's no two parters left. <laughs> and we've got one more two parter that we're gonna do in a few weeks, and then there's like no more two parters after that. Oh no, you've got to pick ones that you can at least get through. I mean I know, oh. but we're recording a lot back I to know, back. So. I know. That's okay. It, this was fun. Content, baby. Content. I thought if it was gonna be bad, it'd be fun to talk about. It is fun. And it's really bad. <laughs> so, as we do, we like to give the episode a score out of five. Who would like to go first? Nakia? All right. I will give it a, oh, God. <laughs> I will give it a 0.5. Oh, wow. Uh, half a point for Chameleon, the design and build of Chameleon. Sure. And I'll give it one and half a point for Tegan. One point. <laughs> One out of five. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's awful. It's mm. awful and I hate the master. So I hated it. Bren. I'm going to give it two out of five. Ooh, <laughs> double Nakia score. <laughs> one for Chameleon and one for Tegan. No, no, no. I, Tegan is not my favourite companion. I don't mind her. She's great. She's not. Ace was my favourite companion. Oh. I like Ace. Sure. But I gave it two because I liked the really bad acting. I liked the fact that King was channeling Alan Rickman, even though at this stage I don't think Alan Rickman was really acting. No, no. <laughs> I loved the Black Adder. It looked like the Black Adder costumes had been stolen. <laughs> or the other way around, Ben Elton went, well, we've got that shit Doctor Who episode <laughs> who's still got the costumes for. And um, I really did like the the fact that Chameleon was a creepy robot when he yeah. looked at you with the dead eyes and stuff, I loved the animatronics as well. I thought mm. that was fantastic for the time period. Uh, all right, I'm going to give it one and a half out of five. Yeah, it's it's dreadful. Mm. It's uh, it's such a I don't I don't even want to use the word good in a relation to this episode, but it's such a concise example of them padding things out just to do two episodes, even just two episodes. They could do like, oh. Obviously filling up the season, had yeah. two days, tuck that in. Add a sword fight, you know, like, oh, there's just so much padding. Getting captured, getting set free, getting captured, getting set free, chucking a random person, like, oh, it's just all over the place. And, you know, look, I, I, I do like the look of Chameleon, knowing that he's only in two episodes and mm. then gets written out because he's basically like a shit prop like yeah. K-9, uh, but he's more difficult to work with. Yeah, but, I, I you know, I, I like the idea of an android assistant. You know, the new season basically just has people from the modern day. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't experiment with companions. So it was nice that, that the old season, you know, tried different things. The master was okay. He doesn't really have a plan. 
you know, it, it doesn't hold a fucking candle to any of the masters that have been in the new series. That's for goddamn sure. No. Oh, no. No. No, no. And I only have very vague recole- recollections of the original master. Yeah. Uh, Roger. Oh. oh. But I, I remember thinking he was good, but I was a kid. Rod Delgado? Delgado. Um, and then he was killed in a, mm. a car accident, sure. I believe. Um, and they said they would never, ever cast the role again, but they did. And I just don't think that he was the right actor, mm. Anthony, um, and I don't think he had good scripts. Sure. Well, for a while he was just a faceless corpse wandering around Gallifrey. Oh. He was, yes. That, I mean, that would have improved this episode if he was just a faceless corpse. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm French. The, the, corpse is, the corpse is wonderfully creepy. Like, it is actually a, good. It's a really bad makeup job, but it, it works so well for the master. <laughs> it would have been amazing if it had, a, like, they had him playing Sir Gilles, and then we find out at the end it's like, no, he's actually just this random guy on the side. That's the master. Sir yeah. Gilles is a real person. It's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> The worst thing about the master is that he killed one of the doctor's companion's father and took over his body. So Nissa's so he looks like oh, Nissa's yeah. father. So oh, yeah, really? yeah, except with short hair. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Imagine having that every time you see him, it's like, oh, it's my dad again. <laughs> God. Get out of my dad's body. All right. Uh, Anyway, Nakia, do you have a question? Yes, I have a question. So everybody who comes on to the podcast, we ask them what would their Time Lord name be? So the Doctor picks the Doctor to do no harm and to help. Adams is the nerd. The nerd because he picks out every little thing. Because I spend half an hour reading up about the Magna Carta when, yeah. you know, I know I'm going to get the information wrong anyway. You don't need it. I'm the commander. My family gave me that because I'm very bossy. My husband, he asks lots and lots of questions, so we call him the Inquisitor. But it's it's a word that describes who you, who you think you are, the essence of who you are, or who you would like to be? I I thought long and hard about this oh, yeah. since oh, yeah. the very first time I heard the podcast. I <laughs> thought, what would I call myself? And originally, I wanted to go with the Omnivore, oh. but I'm celiac now, and I can't go with the Omnivore. Oh. It doesn't stop me from trying things that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought maybe the freak or the geek. Do you want to be the freak or the geek? Oh, I'll, I'll stick with the freak. Okay, with a freak. Freak, freak. Okay, so the freak. Okay. Okay, so we jump in the TARDIS. We go off on our adventure. What does the freak bring to our story? What does the freak bring to the adventure? They bring le chic. Say <laughs> freak. I, I'm more of the one that where you're going to turn around and you'll have the doctor sitting there investigating yeah. and the nerd going, oh, this tree is definitely a coniferous tree or whatever. <laughs> and the commander going, okay, we need to just go that way. And then you'll all turn around and go, why are you licking the alien? <laughs> Hey, it doesn't taste first. that bad, guys. It doesn't taste that bad. <laughs> All right, now we're going to fight him because you licked him. <laughs> I like that. Now we've got to take him with you with yeah. us because you licked him. Uh, everyone wants to go in the TARDIS. I like that. Stop licking the Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> You're just pissing it off. You can lick the eye stalk because then they can't see. If you lick the back of their head, they're just going to chase you around. <laughs> hey, Stop it. You're Stop answering it. the real questions here. What does a Dalek taste like? Yeah. Possibly similar to a cricket, I imagine. <laughs> oh. 
I just like metal. Go lick your fridge. Oh, I was talking about the the squid. Oh, the oh. squid. Yeah. Oh. I always imagined that it tastes like jellyfish. Mm, or just jelly, like green jelly. Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobbly, wibble, Brains. wobble, mutant on a plate. Or oh, brains. brains. <laughs> I can't eat brains. <laughs> I love brains. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Brain. I mean, we could talk for fucking ever. We really had just gone over an hour. We would, uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, is there anything you would like to promote? I would like to promote Empito's Bar at the Short and Sweet Festival at the Tivoli on the 29th because we made it through. Congratulations. Fantastic. Woo-hoo. I love uh, I love that sketch of uh, of Reese's. It's it's it's. Oh, I'm just surprised how many people really liked it. Like it's a good sketch, but yeah. there were much better acts there, and we we got through. I'm still stunned. But it's it's so it's wonderfully different. It's like very surreal and like yeah, I love yeah. it. I loved it when you when it was performed at Get It In Ya. My aim well is done. to yell bees as loud as I possibly can. <laughs> well, may you achieve that. Uh, is there any social online presence you would oh, like to promote at B? on Instagram to see my Instagram comic Coffee Goblin and Booze Monkey, which scarily has been going for about four years now. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I'd like to plug that I shall be the Empress of Chaos <laughs> in the near future. I have no plan, but you don't need one. Oh, Nakia, you've always been the Emperor of, Empress of Chaos to Ooh. me. Oh, you've always been my minion. You can catch the hosts on Facebook at Nakia Shit Comedy and Adam O'Sullivan Comedian. D4WH is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. Nakia also hosts Neighbourhood Watching with Beck and Nick, looking at the weird and wacky neighbours just over your back fence. Available where all podcasts are. Adam regularly works with Big Fork Theatre in Brisbane. You can find him in some of the online shows on the Big Fork YouTube channel, and he also has sketches in the Get It In Your podcast. If you enjoy D4WH, please consider jumping onto our Patreon and donating. We release episodes early, and for as little as $5 a month, we release mini-episodes in between our normal episodes. D4WH is part of The Nerd Infinite, which can be found at thenerdinfinite.com. Until next time, keep searching the skies for the Doctor. Goodbye. 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 This has been a production of The Nerd Infinite. And then the sound of dragons spitting fire and stuff. What? Why are you looking at me like that?